I fought, or let me be honest, that yesterday as Pastor Toby was speaking, um, I felt it. Um, I felt it. I felt a push, I'll describe it as a push, for us to use this morning to speak, to carry on um, the conversation that we've been having for the last two days. Simply because, so there may not be a direct um, conversation, in and what I mean by that, you know how preaching is, it's like you have an ultimate you're getting to. No, I think it's just going to be a re-emphasizing this morning on the points that Pastor Toby has been speaking to us over the last two evenings. I think it's important that we pause everything and give more attention, apply our ears to hear, um, incline our ears to hear as scripture will say it to us. I think it's important that we spend this morning, and I know that there are many things that someone's mind can be given over to. I know there are many things to care about. I know there are many things calling for you to do. But I think it's important that we pause. I, I really didn't want us to enter the finale of this World Conference um, and not really sit on the things that Pastor Toby has been sharing or that the Holy Spirit has been sharing to us. There's a work that God intends to do and what I can hear in my heart so loudly is from yesterday, last night, is that God is looking for those who can listen so that they can hear. It's one thing tuning in because it seems respectful. You don't want to be classified as the one that uh, doesn't show up for broadcast. So it's respectful to show up. But you see, the things with God, and I want you to understand this, the things with God is that he never regards, measures, or considers a man, consider a man, sorry, according to the outward appearance. Why am I saying that this morning? First of all, I want you to know that God's not going to check or God's not moved by you or for myself showing up, but our heart's not showing up. Because the image or the person that God acknowledges, measures and considers is going to be our heart. The real identity we have. So look, it's very, very possible. It's very, very possible for our bodies to be here, but our hearts are not. And usually what causes our hearts to be elsewhere is the lusts we have in our lives. The images we have on, of ourselves. We deem ourselves higher than the word, but God himself being the supreme being, being in whom all things consist and is held together, the Bible lets us know that he kept himself even subject to the word. So what we must understand is the conversations of God are very, very important. And what my prayer is, because at some point I'm going to lead us to a time of prayer, and worship but I want us to get to a place whereby we understand clearly that what is more important is not what you can give God but your ability to obey your ability to hear what he's saying and obey it it's not going to be your giving it's not going to be who you've become what do I mean by who you've become now you're a big guy 
and there's a lot that you can bring to the house that's not what's going to blackmail god it's going to be can a man a woman this morning incline their ear to hear the conversations that the holy spirit has been speaking because we do not know how we ought to pray but the holy spirit makes intercession on our behalf he knows that we are weak and weak not just being the avoidance of of strength but the the fact that we do not know how we are meant to operate the holy spirit makes intercession for us because he is the one that searches the heart, the mind of the Father. So uh, I'm, I'm going to try and contain myself this morning, but I want you to hear me that I am not trying, and listen to me, let me make this as a disclaimer, I am not trying to preach to you. I'm speaking God's word. I'm witnessing to myself and to yourself. The things that God is saying is the only way that God can attribute his blessings. Yesterday I started off saying something, and I'll quickly say that, there's many things I'll touch on. I've got my notes here from the notes I gathered from what PT was saying to us yesterday. And through that, we'll look at many things. Uh, before I even say what PT was saying, um, what I said yesterday, I want you to also remember that there was a scripture, Exodus 30, from verse 31, I believe. We're going to go through many scriptures. So if you can... If you do not think that your life will crumble, you know, I understand that there are people who do things. There are clients, there are businesses, there are trades, there are this, there are that. Now, if you believe that it is God that holds everything together, I'm going to boldly say, pause everything and pay attention. I'm not asking you to hear me. In, in myself, I'm not eloquent. In myself, I'm not the most intellectual I do not understand all things, but there's a spirit behind the words shared or that I'm going to share with you this morning. So please, I ask that everyone pay attention. Exodus chapter 30. Let's start with verse 31. Go on. Say to the Israelites, this is to be to be my sacred anointing oil for the generations to come. Yeah. Do not pour it on anyone else's body. No, and no. Do find the translation that PT did it yesterday. Yeah. I need you to work with me. We're, we're kind of flowing together, so I need you to work with me. I don't know if it was the NLT he said it in. And say to the people of Israel, yeah. this holy anointed oil is yeah. reserved for me from generation to generation. It must never be used to anoint anyone else. Okay, and so you you'll find the scripture for me eventually. The scripture I'm looking for is that it should not be poured on flesh. This oil should not be poured on flesh. So what God and what Pastor Toby began, and this is why, listen to me, everyone, listen to me. The emphasis today in the many words I'm going to share with you this morning is that you have the ability to listen. That we have the ability to listen, to join a certain frequency and understand what the Spirit is saying to us. I say this to you because God has now made it clear with all the things that we started to do throughout um, our endeavors or our attempts to build certain companies, we feel that, yes, that if we pay attention to these things, and that's true, if we pay attention to these things, these things will grow. But I think the emphasis given to us this week was that God also wants to see, listen to me, God also wants to see the way 
that we become the things that he needs us to become. It must be his way. It must be his way and his way alone. So I beg you because, you know, in our age of youth, there, there are many distractions. From the distraction of um, feeling inadequate to the distractions of the, the, the joys and the lust of youthful life. There are many distractions. But I beg you with everything because God will find his man. As Pastor Toby was speaking yesterday, it was ringing in my heart that God will find his man. And you know, it doesn't matter. And let me tell you how I address things to myself. I do not assume because I'm a pastor or because I'm head in COD family that that guarantees and entitles me to where God is trying to take the nation family. I know that for me to get there is going to be my ability to listen. It's going to be my ability to shut up my mind for a moment because as a pastor, you always know, and I speak to leaders as well, there's a position that we get to where we always know. We always know the scripture to say as a response to the scriptures we're hearing, but can you shut up for a moment? Can we keep quiet our minds and begin to listen? Because unless we do that, we will begin to do this godly thing and see no results in our lives. God is determined to raise a generation and it's going to be his way and his way alone. So I don't want to be distracted by any other thing. I don't want to be distracted by even my own words. So please read the scripture. The Bible says what? And you shall speak to the children of Israel. And you shall speak to the children of Israel. What? Saying, yeah. this shall be a holy anointing oil This to me. oil is consecrated. This oil has been reserved. It is not common. It will not be produced in mass amounts. It's reserved for type, a breed of people. And what does it say next? Go on. Throughout your generations, it shall not be poured on man's flesh. It shall not be poured on man's flesh. What did Pastor Toby say to us yesterday? That what God is saying is that he would not validate the flesh. Do you remember scriptures when scriptures will say that uh, flesh and blood cannot inherit? God has not given ability, neither has he given permission to the flesh to inherit. So in case you have not realized and you cannot tell the times, this is why we have leadership and I will tell you the time, God is moving us to a place where flesh can no longer flesh can no, more, no longer be accommodated. A few weeks ago, I was speaking to you about now make them into cities. And I said to you through that word that the journey what God in scope or in the perspective of Hebrews 11, meaning when everything was properly revealed, in scope of Hebrews 11, it was said that God called Abraham out of his father's house, out of his country. But in the time when it actually happened, the Bible says in Genesis account that the Bible says that the Lord called Abram out. So I said to you and what the Holy Spirit began to say to us is that actually what God is doing is that he's actually calling when he called an Elohim. He called an Elohim and what he was actually calling out of Elohim was the spiritual man. The one that he formed. My prayer yesterday and this morning is that God do a work in me that I cannot do. That the man you see will be the one you take pleasure in. 
You know, sometimes the man that God takes pleasure in is not who the world takes pleasure in. But the world is not able to harm you nor make you. So Lord, do a work. Again, I told you it's kind of a prayer scope, a, a word prayer scope, but I want you to hear it. Uh, I, I began to pray, God, do a work that only you could do. So that when you look at me, when you look from heaven, you take pleasure in this man. So actually, what I want you to understand, so when God begins to call uh, Elohim or call Apostle Obi, what actually happens is that he's calling out the man that he knew, the spiritual man, the one made in his likeness. And sometimes that journey starts with the flesh. Sometimes it starts with Abraham. Along the way, it becomes Abraham trying to be Abraham. You know what that is? So your journey started with an IB who, who had a life, who had a certain mindset, which was not pleasing to God. She lived a life that was alienated and actually in loggerhead with God. But God still called her. And at some point, she became familiar with the word. At some point, she attached herself to leader, leaders. At some point, she started to understand the things or she thought that she began to understand. And now it became IB according to the flesh trying to be that I be that God is looking for. But there's a place, guys, and I want you to hear me, COD. There's a place that we get to where God now says the flesh cannot continue. The last seven or so years, I, this is the real checks I have to have on myself. The last seven or so years, I looked at myself and I said, that was flesh trying to be spirit. But where I am moving the nation family to flesh cannot be accommodated. Flesh cannot enter that terrain. So this is why we have to yield. This is why we have to open up ourselves to the spirit of God. For by whom the flesh is put to death, the misdeeds of the flesh is put to death. We have to open ourselves this morning and during this word conference, we need to make sure that as we enter tonight's finale that our hearts is desperately asking God to do a work that he can only do because it is impossible and I want you to hear me carefully it is impossible for the man by himself to make himself of God's pleasure the man that becomes God's pleasure the one that has God's approval over their life is the one that actually yielded to the processes of life that God actually brought their way to fashion them into the man he's looking for. So what does God say to us? He says, say to the children of Israel that I will not validate the flesh. Will there be promises? Would you be in the midst of prophecies of God making known what he would want to do in the next generation? Would you be there? Yes. Was Moses not dead? Did Moses not see from afar the land promise? Yes. But the problem is, is that flesh was still there. Flesh was still there. And how do we know? Because the offenses of the people caused them to, make, to bring an offense against Christ. The Bible says that he struck the rock. The, the, the frustrations of the people got to him. And do you remember that Pastor Toby always says to us that there are things that, you know, it doesn't matter. I think it was when he gave the example years ago of two people being slapped. The reactions is going to be based upon what actually lives in you. So the frustrations that we saw in Moses was actually letting us know what was always there. And upon this, God said, flesh cannot enter. 
May it not be that any of us has struggled, has labored, has invested all this while, but be denied entry because flesh is still there. And these are real conversations. I, I want you to understand because there are many things that will follow. Look at the, the, look at the way life operates. As truth, I think it was me and Pastor Rike saying it, was talking about a documentary that we watch. And lies will not stop. This is what we actually gathered. Life will not stop bringing lies. Lies, the duties of lies is actually to hide away truth. So do you know what I know would happen? As I'm speaking to you, some, not all, some of you are hearing me. But immediately, immediately after this is done, life will start to bring you other distractions. Have you seen someone that will go straight quickly into worldly stuff? Straight after God has spoken, life and its lies is trying to suffocate truth so that you and I will not be free. But it's for you to make the decision it's for you to make up your mind this morning, saying that, Lord, I will not allow this to be robbed of me. I will not allow lies. I mean, I will not allow the truth to be suffocated again. I will not allow my worries, my own dreams and pursuits in life to drown out the voice of truth. Because it's by truth that we'll be set free. So God says to us that he will not validate the flesh, it doesn't matter how good you train up the flesh to be. If it's still there, is flesh still the one controlling you? He will not validate. So when Pastor Toby said that to us yesterday, I now understood the reason why we see many people for years who attended church. Every Sunday they were there, every Wednesday, every Friday they were there. But you see what happens? They could not just be testimonies of what the word was saying because when you search their life and sometimes you cannot see it but when you search their life you will still see like pt would say to us mr flesh functioning mr flesh still reigning and mr flesh will do everything to make you consumed about yourself one of the one of the easiest way to identify flesh is that it will be pleasing to you it's all about self. There's a satisfaction you have. Check every sin. It's about pleasing yourself. It's about making yourself satisfied. Are you on with me this morning? So God says to us, and I, I'll echo it for the last time, that God says he will not validate. He will not validate the flesh. Now, yesterday I started to say to you something. That God made, go to Colossians 1 for me. Scripture actually made us know that all things, I think I started off actually with first with um, Ephesians chapter one. And I said to you from Ephesians that God poor had wisdom, insight, revelation. And he had now come to know that all blessings had already been given to mankind. It says that I've already blessed you with all spiritual blessings. This is what Paul said to us. So yesterday is almost like it dawned on me that I understood now. This is the reason why we can't even pray for the blessings because for us to walk into, into the blessings is the word that God has given us. There's nothing more to ask for. Now, are you listening to me? God's structure of the making of man and creation is that everything that will be needed 
to fulfill what man has been sent to fulfill. Everything that they would need was created before them. Are you listening to me this morning? Everything that Elohim would need to be whoever God has called them to be has already been provided. For him to locate it or for those things to respond to Elohim, again, I'm not going to try and do the word charge now, but for I'm just reminding you certain points. If everything that has been made for him to make him who God needs him to be, Elohim will now need to be a carrier. He will now need to be a matter in which God hides his glory in. God will have to look at Elohim and known that he has been able to achieve a work with Elohim, excavating the flesh and putting in him Christ. I made a comment yesterday, at what point was Jesus called Christ? Because Christ was not the surname. Christ was not the name of his father. Christ was the name of his function. When he entered maturity, they said, now this is the Christ. Is this the Christ? They were looking for him and they found him hidden in a matter. So God actually says to us, if all things are going to respond to you and I, it's not going to be how intelligent or how crafty you are in whatever thing given to you, if it's property, it's not going to be how knowledgeable you are in property that is going to make you have the things needed to expand that property life you're looking for. No, it's going to be if heaven looks down, when they look at Kedar, I see his framing, yes. But is the Christ, the glory of God, hidden in this matter? Because if it is, things will pursue you. Seek not the things of the world, but seek ye the kingdom. If you search for the kingdom, if you make up your mind, COD, at this age, that my pursuit will not be a child. It's not going to be a, a, a successful life because now I've even had to redefine what I call successful. Now listening to everything, I've now had to realize that the reason why God has not given us certain things is because we're not content with where we are yet. I've, I've understood. The reason why you will not have what you're looking for is because you're not content. And do you know what the issue is? Contentment is a statement. That you're satisfied with God. Meaning whatever he has given me, I know it's him that's given it to me. So I'm satisfied. So God actually looks at me and he says, if you cannot find comfort in the current HQ, you will not have a HQ in which you will find comfort. If you're looking at your finances and you cannot find satisfaction, in the God who provides you with what you have currently, you will not have finances that will give you comfort. And do you know why God will do that to you and I? Because we are called. Are you listening to everything I'm saying to you? Because we are called, God will not actually give us everything we want like the world has it. I'll take you to that scripture in a moment. So what God actually looks at us, he says, from Colossians 1, Paul had the revelation and he realized that all things were made, what? Through him, who is him, the son, the one appointed heir of all things, the one for whom all things was created for. It says that all things were made through him and for him. 
not for Pastor Obi and my own agendas. Not for you and your own agendas. It is made for him. If I have mentees, they are not for me. They are for him. And if God is going to give me mentees, it's because I've got myself more and more lost in him. Read that scripture, verse 15 for me. He is the image of the invisible God. He is the image of the invisible God. If you want to see God, you see him. Go on. The firstborn over all creation. Yeah. For by him, all things were created. For by him, all things were created. Yeah. That are in heaven and that are on earth. Yeah. Visible and invisible. Yeah. Whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. All things. Did you hear that? To the exception of none. All things were created through him and for him, for Christ. So again, I, this is why I'm, the emphasis here was on the name Christ. Yes, we worship Jesus, but Jesus is recognized because he is the Christ. The image of the, of the God that is invisible. So it says all things were created for him or through him and for him. And now, what do I want you to hear with all of that? If things are going to respond to me, they must see Christ. Because the moment Paul said to us that all, we have been blessed already with all spiritual blessings, what Paul said to us is that God has already apportioned to everyone what they must have. And to Christ, all things was already apportioned to him. So I cannot ask God for what he's already given to a person. Have you heard scriptures like gifts? The gifts and calling are irrevocable. God, you know, sometimes when we ask for the blessing, it's like what we're actually telling God is, God, and it's because we don't know these things, but it's like we're saying, take from Christ what is already given and give it to me. So if I want to share in all things, I must be hidden in Christ. Do you understand these things? The Bible says in Romans 8, like I was saying yesterday, that all things work together for the good. Do you remember what good means? That which is fit for purpose. All things work together. So I actually was actually referencing one of your brothers yesterday when I said that sometimes you get to a place and you feel like at the same time, have you ever, I, I said this yesterday, have you ever got to a place where it looks like all of a sudden, Things that seem like they have no correlation, they do not connect in any way. But at the same time, it seems that everything is working against you. Because things work together for the purpose of him and of him alone. So I said yesterday that I get it. So when I see the refusals of things working for me, it's actually an indicator to me that they're still looking for Christ. Yeah, you could have become someone that is given. I hear it. Yeah, you've become someone that is preaching. I hear it. Yeah, you've become someone that people call you dad and mom and whatever. I hear it. People applaud you for your preaching. I hear it. But the issue is, is that God will only apportion things to the man in whom Christ is living in. To the woman in whom Christ lives in. So what do I need? I, I want. I need desperately to be excavated. I need to be removed of myself. 
And I need it to be Christ that lives here so that tomorrow, because scripture showed us, I think read um, Genesis 6. I'm going to go all over the place and then I'll get to a point. Genesis 6. Pastor Toby showed us that, look, there was a promise said to Eve. Actually, you know, we have always, we've always seen it as a curse, but I actually think it was a blessing. I think it was just an alternative blessing, if I can say it like that. But God actually said to Eve, because of what you've done, it will be in labor. He actually says that you actually want, you have desire for your husband. Imagine that God wanted to curse his creation, but he had no choice but to bless them in disguise. You remember the story of the prophet that was sent to curse Israel and he couldn't. Every time he opened his mouth with the intention to curse, he had to bless. Where did that character come from? For all things are sourced from the Father, from God. So God actually looked at Eve and it looked like he should curse her, but he said, look, you have a desire for a companion. I will put in you the need for the spirit, the need to have a helper in your life, to have one that instructs you. You have the desire for a mentor and all of these things. But look at what scripture says that, you see, I will give you a seed. And what will happen is that your seed will fight against Satan's seed. Now that's interesting. So now Eve has got Abel. And we didn't know until she had the replacement of Abel, who I believe was Seth, if I'm correct. Until she had Seth, we didn't know that she had seen Abel as the seed. And when Cain destroyed Abel, she said to herself that God had given her, appointed to her, another seed. Read for me that scripture first before we go there. If you can find it. She said that, don't worry, I'll just quote it. Just stay with the Genesis 6. She said that you've appointed to me another seed. You've appointed to me another seed. And in this seed, I have hope that I will find victory over the serpent, the deception that took me. Now look at this now. The Bible goes on to say that all of these things happened. She's had a replacement of seed. Seth has come. Seth now gives birth to a son by the name Enos, gives birth to him. And the Bible says because of him, men began to call on the name of the Lord again. So it almost looked like God had the man he was looking for. But like PT said to us, and I want to emphasize this point. So in case you're thinking, I've given all of this and it seems like now I have nothing but debts and those chasing me to pay those debts or it seems like I've been praying and all it seems is like I'm coming out hard done no God actually wants to let you know something it's actually for your protection that I restrain you or I hold you back from eating of the tree of life it's actually for your good that I stop you entering that place where you can have access to the tree of life because there's a state that I will never approve of and if you eat of that life, you'll be lost in that life. Have you seen men that enter the certain life and it's almost like there's no return for them? And that's the truth. There's some people in this world that there's no return for them. Because you see for them, they did not have the call. And because there was no call over their life, God did not hold them back from the tree of life. 
it got to a place that Enos, because of him, men began to call under the name of the Lord. But let's go to Genesis 6 and read from verse 1. What began to happen? Then the people began to multiply on the then earth. Then the people began to multiply. There was an increase. Yeah, we've been praying and we've been giving because we have a hope of increase. We give because we believe that it's the way to prosperity and it is. But actually, it's, you know, I love the statement of Joseph. I love what was said of Joseph. The Bible says that the house of Potiphar prospered because the Lord was with him. Can it be found and can it be said of your generation, of our generation, of me, that it wasn't actually just the giving, but it was actually more so. The source and the, the cause of my prosperity was that in heaven, because remember scripture was written in the perspective of heaven. Are you listening to me? If it was the perspective of man, they may not have said good things of Joseph before the time in which Joseph rose to be president of Egypt. Talk to me if you're following me this morning. They, if it was the perspective of man that came up with scripture, Joseph would not have been written off as a good man because according to man, he was a rapist. According to man, he was a rapist. But in the perspective of God, God's perspective, the account that God will give over the life of Joseph was that Joseph prospered because I was with him. Are you hearing me, COD? It's not going to be because you became good at something. It's going to be because God was with you. Can Christ be found? Can Christ be the person driving your body? Can Christ be the person driving me? Can I live only in the confinements of the word? Or do I still have an opinion about how things should be? Because if I stay with him, and this is me going ahead of myself, if I remain in him, I will bear fruit. And that fruit will be for the glory of the Father. It will be accounted that I am accounted with him, that I am affiliated with him. So it's not your, it's not your great knowledge that makes you successful. The world we are edging into is a world whereby it will be pastors that will lead the world. So you could see people that have been ignorant of God leading the world, but the world we're entering into, meaning if a man, a woman thinks that they're going to be successful outside of the means of what Christ has set, do you know what you're actually saying to yourself? You're already judging yourself as he who is passing away. Do you understand what I've just said to you? The moment I think that I can become successful, I can prosper outside of the means and the, the, the laws or the, the words, the grace that God provides. If I feel like I can, I can become successful outside of God's way, Christ then I am trying to be successful according to the world. But here's the issue. They, there is a judgment already over them that they're passing away. So the people that are going to lead tomorrow, like PT said yesterday, are not going to be people trying to be pastors. Their very configuration is that they are pastors. That's their very configuration. They understand that they are led. They don't assume. They are led by the Spirit. 
They are told what to do. They are not people of rebellion. Uh, when PT, oh God, when PT made mention of this the other day, these people, they cannot say what they want. They cannot say what they want to do because they have been purchased, meaning that there's somebody that now owns them. God now owns you and I. So I cannot say I want a child now. It's what the father wants. Actually, so when I start to pursue or ask for other things, it's actually a statement of rebellion because I am no longer mine. God would do as he pleases with me and as he pleases with you. So it's for this reason that we ask God for mercy, that we will remain objects of mercy and not objects of wrath. I've taught you that. So now there was increase on the earth. Yeah, you've, it, it looks like you, the, the things you've been doing, all of a sudden now there's an increase of followers. You're on social media, now there's an increase of followers. Be careful if that's what gives you a sense of importance. If that gives you a sense of value. Because maybe you're edging out of the way that God has put for you. Because I've realized, and PT used to say it all the time, but it was this, during this, this word conference, guys, I want you to understand this. This word conference, today I was calling it to myself, the big break. The great commitment. That's what I was calling it. In order, it's the big break. This is what's going to change everything. So I've realized I must be in line with what God wants. Increase has come, but I must not find satisfaction in that. So PT has been saying, as I was just saying to you, PT has been saying from time ago, but this week is when I've heard it fully, properly. Finally, my ears have heard it. My heart has taken it in. That you cannot have what you have not grown past. If a house is what's going to make us comfortable, God will not give it to us. If a car is what's going to make you feel like you're somebody, God will not give it to you. God will give it to you when the only thing that satisfies you, because listen, it has been, it has been apportioned to Christ, that all things attend to him. When I was talking, you know, I was saying yesterday that they said that John testified of Christ, that the word became flesh and dwelt, tabernacled with us. Why did he tabernacle? So that we can see his glory. So John actually said, and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten. What was that saying? He said that I've got to a place whereby I've seen how all things actually attend to him. So even at the point when disciples will flee from him because of the, the present persecution, because their life was being threatened, scripture actually says that there were men even amongst those persecuting that will go and provide the tomb that was needed to help preserve the body. It, it was be at the point that he needs the lamb, this, um, the last supper, that you would see that there are people that have a, that has a place that attend to him, all things. You will see when there's a need for taxes, that a fish will come and locate Christ with gold in its mouth. So that fish actually found gold and held back that gold for the need of Christ. All things work together for the good of him who has been called to his purpose. So you see, 
God will not, you see, increase. God has seen this pattern before. That when increase came, the lineage of Seth and Enos, who made men call on the name of the Lord again, they were also afflicted and bitten. Why? Because increase came. We said it. And even when we said it, the spirit was saying something that our heads and our logic has not yet caught up with. What was the spirit saying to us? That prosperity is a more, is a more treacherous ground. It's a, it's a harder test that one will have to go through. Yeah, I've seen people when money came, they couldn't account for it. And God says, no, I had to give you that. So I actually realized in my heart that God, listen to me, I, I hope you hear me. I realized that God had to give that person that money to show them that the person you are, you cannot have more than this. Because that gave you a sense of importance. And you see the problem I told you about idols. You can make Ishmael and call it in the name of the Lord. You can say, this happened in the name. You, you know what's scary about life? When you're not truthful, life won't be truthful with you. No. Scripture actually says it. If a man comes to a, to a man of God with an idol, God will entice the man of God to speak according to your idol. Do you know what I've done? I don't want to hear what I already approve of. Because what I already approve of has not brought me the results I expect. So I need a leader that can say, Pastor Obi, you are not what you're meant to be. I'm not looking for someone that tells me what I already know because what I already know has not brought me anywhere. Increase came and God saw this pattern. And because of what he's seen, he said, for those that I've called, I will not let them get there. I will not allow increase. So you see, money came and the first thing we did was comfort. I can't recall the scripture that PT used yesterday, but all we do, we, we looked for ourselves first. We got the nice houses, the nice apartment, the many cars. But you realize that's the reason why God can't take, because until you are not found satisfied in anything else, God can't give the increase. So increase came and options increased. As well as the increase, many other options, many other voices, many other people, bodies came. And what happened? Even the sons of God began to pick women by their own choice. They were no longer led. Remember what was key for sons of God. Scripture says, and those that are led by the spirit are the sons. The moment a son enters a place whereby they make choices for themselves. They're no longer the sun. There's something around them that they are having intercourse with that is going to bring them down. And God's going to look at this person and say, I also have to wipe that person. You know, sometimes, do you know how God wipes a person sometimes? He settles you. He gives you settlement. He makes you, he, he attends to what you're satisfied with. He gives that to you and he says, I cannot take you further. Well, we, what are we doing this morning? Checking ourselves. Because I wanted to be that today. I said this in the car yesterday. Me and Pastor Enrique were talking about it. Pastor Enrique actually showed PT that two years ago, two years ago, you spoke about the heart transplant. 
two years ago. So do you know what? I, I got fed up when he said that to me. How long would we be saying you said this before? And PT was the one that testified to us yesterday that, listen, this word I've spoken to you four years ago. He even gave us a, script, uh, a word to go and um, listen to. But he said, if you had heard it then, oh God, can you imagine what our lives would be if we really listened? Because the main point I'm trying to get to you is the pace where you listen, where you can finally hear, where through your hearing you now produce a life that's pleasing to God's faith. Because the just shall live that way by faith. So I've actually said to myself, I said in the car with him, that God forbid, I don't want this. They are, listen, the trap of the nation already is that we have many great words. Yesterday I said, would we ever get to a place where we would not say after a service that word was mad? I don't even think we'll get there. I think every service will be followed up with that word was mad. But here's the problem. What you was meant to take from that word the most you would have given back is that word was mad most of the times. No, I said to myself that in years to come, because the people are people and God still needs to speak to people, I know the pattern is in years to come, somehow in its own way, this word will come again. But what I want this time is not to be the person saying that, sir, you preached this word before. I want it to be my life is a testimony that this word conference worked for me. That if PT is inspired to speak of this word tomorrow, four years from now, I and others will witness that that word four years ago worked for me. Are you hearing me, COD? And you have to make up that mind. This word worked for me. It did a work, it may have been painful, but it worked. The surgery was a successful one. The operation was a successful one. Yes, it was painful. Yes, it kept me in a position for a while. I was undergoing, I was on that table. But God was able to say amongst the heavens that this was successful. And if tomorrow he has to speak about it, it's me just entering a deeper dimension. Not me saying I should have heard it before. God forbid, how long would you be saying that? Let me tell you something, part of your zeal, and let me just be honest with you, part of our zeal is because we're young and we have time. But if we don't attend and if we allow time to escape us, listen to me, you can say whatever you want to say now. Life and its, uh, its pressures will get to you and you'll begin to compromise. We will begin to compromise, but God forbid, that's why we're hearing this word. So increase came and the sons of men began to choose. They left the way of a son. And God says, because of the people that I'm calling, I will not allow this to happen again. Never again would I give someone increase. I would test them. Did you hear the scripture that Pastor Dami ended us with yesterday? He would test our hearts. Bring forth, bring about a battery of tests. Don't let it look. I don't even want to be, listen to me. I don't want to, uh, I don't want to be in a place whereby it looks for a while that I'm good, but I have not been tested. You need to test the thing to really know its capability. 
So this is what God is saying to us. So look at, carry on reading. Go on, carry on reading. Then the people began to multiply on the earth. Yeah. And daughters were born to them. Mm. The sons of God saw the beautiful women. Yeah. And took any they wanted as their wives. Then the Lord said. Then the Lord said what? My spirit will not put up with humans. For My such spirit. That's the key. My spirit will not contend. I think there was a scripture we read. My spirit will not remain to be humiliated by men. I will not be mocked. I will not be fighting clay in order to achieve my will. So what we have seen from history, I know we account the great flood, but what we have seen throughout history, history are many disgraced, thank you. We have seen many floods just wiping out generations. Wiping out because God will not contend. But he will find a breed because it has been spoken and it's written. And I've realized if we can say, and that's why I keep saying to you, and I, I say it everywhere, I may not speak in a fancy way. I may not speak in a way that makes you jump up. But listen, if you hear me, I've always said to you that that's why you must take the words we hear in the nation or the words we hear in this COD family platform as conversations. They are not isolated words. They are conversations. That's why we now get why recently we're taken to Hebrews where the Bible says, I have now come in the volumes of the book. So you and I, we can make the decision today that the words speaking of that generation that will please God, that generation that will commend to one another the glory of God can be us. If we can say that we come in the volumes of what was written to come to do your will, O Lord, then we enter immediately that which was reserved for that breed. What I loved about God was that there's a people that he did not give a name to so that we don't say to ourselves we're not named to it. We can name ourselves to it. Do you understand that? When God talks about his army, when he talks about his people, he calls them a people. So I know when PT made the other day, said, made a comment the other day saying that I have seen the vision. The only thing I haven't seen is the people there. I didn't look at that as a worried thing. I said I will be that person because I've seen it in scripture. A man can enter what is written in the volumes of this book. And how do you enter that? You disband your own will. You don't. You, you stop the conversations of I and this. The, what God had to take Joseph through was the conversation of I. His training was him just getting out of the realm of thinking it's I. God needs you to know that it's bigger. Did I not tell you that a branch is not equal or as important or more important than the whole tree? So we must get to a place with what? Whereby it's no longer I, it's what heavens are saying. What is the will of God? So the Bible carries on to say, what verse are you on? Verse 3. Verse 3, carry on reading, yeah. Then the Lord said, my spirit will not put up with humans for such a long time. Yeah. For they are only mortal flesh. For they're only mortal flesh, yeah. 
In the future, their normal lifespan will no will be no more than 120 years. Do you understand that? So God actually started a series of wiping. Have you not grown with people who looked like something and all of a sudden the wave and the flood of mental illness hit them? People that you once feared, people that you once admired for whatever stupid reason, all kinds of things, a wave. When we talk about a flood, I spoke to you about the two baptisms how many years ago. And I actually said to you that the fire and water are representatives. They represent things that man cannot control. What is beyond man's control is what's wiping people. So mental illness can hit someone that was normal before. And you'll be thinking, how? This can come, that can come. Someone just dies out of the blue, floods. But carry on reading. Let me get somewhere and then I'll take you to what I believe we must remain in. Go on. In those days and for some time after, yeah. giant Nephilites lived on the earth. Yeah. For whenever the sons of God had intercourse with women, they gave birth to children who became the heroes and famous warriors of ancient times. Yeah. The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth. Yeah. And he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. I hope you're following the scripture. He saw that everything that would proceed out of the heart of man was consistently and continually evil, wicked. So I think we was taken to a scripture whereby the Bible says that the heart is too sick to be healed. So when I spoke to you from the periscope about the heart of idols and the heart of God, I started to say to you that what God needed, I told you that the heart that is here cannot be fixed. So I said to you that what God needs is to transplant our hearts. We need a new heart. And I took you to a scripture where it says, I will give you a new heart of flesh. And this heart, you will hear my laws. It will have it upon it written, my laws. But that's not even where I'm going this morning. Carry on reading. Go on. So the Lord was sorry he had ever made them and put them on the earth. Mm. It broke his heart. Yeah. And the Lord said, I will wipe this human race I have created from the face of the earth. Yeah. Yes, and I will destroy every living thing, all the people, the large animals, the small animals that scurry along the ground. Look at this. Go on. And even the birds of the sky. I am sorry I ever made them, but Noah found favor with the Lord. In all the talks of destruction, a statement came saying, but Noah, but COD, but the nation famine. They found grace in the eyes of the Lord. You know, I want you to think of this. Scripture actually says to us that God gives grace to the humble. So what God saw in Noah, please let me know if you're following what I'm saying now. What God actually said here was that Noah was humble in his generation. What is humility? Now, listen to me. Humility is not, listen to me. Humility is not bowing down. It's not opening the car door for me. Humility is not even in the Sirs and Mars. Humility is your ability to listen and obey. Do you know that most of us, when we've dressed well, we actually say things like, 
someone will come and compliment you. Your makeup looks nice. Your clothing looks nice. Your, your, and we all do this. We're all culprits. But we'll dress well. And then people will be like, oh, you. Like, you look good and all of these things. And we say the comment, no, I'm learning from you. You know the line that pisses me off the most? <laughs> Should I say it? You know the line. The line that pisses me, pisses me off. I'm trying to be like you. You know you dressed up because you want people to see it. Stop chatting. I was going to stop bullshitting. Let me say it like that. Is even, stop kidding yourself. You dress up because you want people. That's why you take pictures. That's why you take pictures and post it. So anyone that was not in the, in the um, program or the event with you will not be, <laughs> will not be lost. <laughs> they will not be missing from seeing what you wore. So we think humility is saying, no, no, no. Someone says, oh, you've done well like, with something. You say, no, no, no. You do Dave. You know, this is Dave. We say, no, 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 no. But do you know what I want you to understand? <laughs> do you know what I want you to understand? That's not humility. Humility is the ability to listen and what? Obey. Do you know why? The Bible actually says, humility is the ability, what did I say? It's the ability to listen and obey, to have the mind of God. When I listen to what God is saying and I obey it, I am carrying and walking in the mind of God, yes or no? So do you know what I want to say to you guys? Please don't lose me with this. God actually one day said, this is me going outside and I'll come back in. God actually said, I have thoughts. I have plans for Athol. I have plans and thoughts for Anna, for Jessica, for Daniela, for Nia. I have plans and thoughts. Guess what his plans? Guess what? If we are to go into God's mind for us, God's mind is far from humble according to the world. Because the mind of God for Kida is prosperity is you having it's you being exalted amongst people that don't sound humble to me but that's because we've misinterpreted what humility is so if we open the mind of God God's mind for me is prosperity I have plans for you to prosper that's my thoughts for you so you see going back to Noah the Bible now says but Noah found grace. But why did he find grace? Scripture says, I will give grace to the humble. So Noah was somebody in his generation that listened. Are you following me? Because I want to start getting to closing. Noah was somebody that listened. No, I don't think you're understanding what I'm saying to you. I'm not trying to do revelation here. Listen to me. Noah was preserved because of his ability to listen. With listening, he will obey it and live by it. Do you know that it wasn't actually the floods that destroyed the world? Do you know that it wasn't actually the floods that destroyed the world? 
read for me that verse. But Noah found grace. Go on. But Noah found favor with the Lord. I just said, speak, Noah found grace. And you told me favor. Don't worry, Ivy. We'll wait. Okay, let me move on. Let me move on because I can't wait for you. The Bible says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. I've established to you. Why did he find grace? He was humble. What was humility? Ability to listen and obey. Pride is actually saying I have my own agenda and I'm following that. So do you know actually our individual pursuits in life is actually a statement of pride. Humility is me saying that God has a plan for me and I, I am willing to go with that. Now, why am I saying all of that? Floods was not what destroyed the world. It was the total rebellion that destroyed the world. Look and take this for instance. Pay attention to this. Noah in his world and the people that existed in his time. Yeah. God was still speaking then. Remember that men began to call on the name of the Lord. God was speaking. How will men call on God unless there's a preacher? So scripture actually says that Noah was one of eight. He says it was a preacher, right? Noah was a preacher. But guess what happened, guys? So there was the preaching of the world, of the word. And Noah was the only one with capacity to listen and hear. What destroyed the world? Total rebellion to what was being preached. Should I tell you why I feel that God has woken me this morning to speak to us in this manner? On a Friday morning in an inconvenient time. Do you know why? When you see flood waters of God's word, it's because God is trying to quicken the destruction and lifting of a people. Before now, words were coming gradually, just normal waters. But when God got tired, he gave an overflow of word. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? There came an overflow of words. So, you know, all the times that we're testifying, where's this word conference coming from? And look at this word, look at that word. When all of this is coming, God in heaven is trying to quicken the lifting of some people and the destruction of others. It wasn't the, it wasn't the flood that directly destroyed the people because the water, the flood lifted and preserved and exalted a person and a family. It preserved the people. And why did it preserve? What scripture showed us there was the difference between the obedient and the disobedient. So let me tell you something. If you start to witness an increased flow of word, when PT actually says, I want to first praise God. He started yesterday by saying, I want to first praise God because of the core. Why? Because of the type of word he's given us. Now the rush of word. There's a flood. Incoming flood of word. It's because God wants to magnify those that are re uh, rebellious and those that are obedient. So the rebellious were the people who could not hear because they were not listening. Was there the preaching? Yes. Were they not hearing what God was saying? Yes. 
every time that Noah was building that ark, he was preaching to them. So they were not with, they could not look. If God killed them without letting them know, that's why scripture started off with telling us that the sons of God got to a place whereby because of them, men began to call on the name of the Lord. So there was preaching. Then it also tells us that God is upset because people are going all over the place. So he then shows us the man that is humble, the one listening to him and says, okay, I'm going to still bring this rush. Listen to me. If Noah, even as he heard that revelation, if he did not listen and obey, because out of every word is an instruction, that instruction is served. That instruction through the word is served to preserve you and lift you. So if Noah was not able to hear or listen, he would not know to build an ark. He would have heard that floodwaters are coming, but he would not have built an ark. Every word that was coming to Noah, to a man of God, was actually giving him the next instruction of how to put the ark together. For, his, for, for God to preserve him and for God to lift him. So the floods didn't destroy a man or didn't destroy the world. It was their total rebellion. I don't want it to be that you see... I'll soon finish and we'll get to a place now that we get back into our day and we haven't heard. I think there's some people that quickly listen to other conversations before allowing the conversation of God that they've just heard to settle. I think they quickly get into all types of music, all types of conversations. They entertain their mind and their thoughts once again too quickly. And what happens? They drown out the truth that was to set them free. Flood waters is not what destroys. It's the total rebellion. Go to the first scripture I now gave you. I've got three scriptures for you now. First scripture. So we know that God actually says to us now that there's a person I'm looking for. And this person is not is not observed and known by flesh. We know it's not the framing of Elohim. It's just that heaven must be able to see that Christ is now dwelling in Elohim. Until then, things will be a God to you. I made the comment that it's the fallen man that makes a master of a servant. It's a fallen man that looks at gold and silver and thinks it's not responding to me. So let me worship it. So that's how you heard that people make of servants gold and silver. People go and make idols of them. Because it's refusing to give itself to them. But when Christ is seen, men will testify of this generation. Men will testify of the nation family how all things works for them. That's the glory. So what does God say to us? If I'm going to bless you, it's now about who are you? The person that I, that you have become. God, check my person. But you know, as I started to pray that yesterday, this was the scripture that God now gave me. Matthew 12, verse 33. Read it when you're there. Make a tree good and its fruit will be good. This is what Jesus now said. 
So as I'm asking God to fix my person, he responds saying, make a tree good. Make a tree good. Why? And its fruit will be good. And its fruit will be good. Carry on reading. Or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. In other words, it's in your hands. God knows I was not thinking about the word when I spoke to you, when Abraham, when, when um, Sarah said to Abraham, get rid of the slave son. Get rid of the slave and her son. And Abraham was hurt because whatever God was going to say to him, if Christ wants to commit, uh, I said it's called a great commitment, right? When, if Christ wants to commit with you, he will first commit. But for you to commit to him, he gives you a requirement. You remember the young ruler, the young rich ruler. The Bible says that the young rich ruler came to him and said to him, please, I hope you're following me now. He said to Christ, what must I do to have eternal life? And Christ said, have you heard the commandments? Live by them. He said to, in response that I've been doing all of these. I've been keeping them. Oh God, I've been keeping them since I was a child. But then Christ looked at him and a certain, one, a certain account says, and Christ loved him. Jesus loved him. Do you know what that means? Jesus committed himself to him. Jesus stretched out his hand to him. Would he stretch his hand back to live a life with, in union with Christ is another question. Christ committed himself. When Christ was sent into the world, it was God committing himself to the world. So that's why we don't see everyone in the world saved. Because it's now up to us. It's in our hands to respond. So what happened? The Bible actually says that Jesus committed love because they says there's no greater love than this than for a man to lay down his life for his friends so the, the the love is actually the commitment of my body to you the commitment of my mind to you the commitment of my heart to you and what god is saying to us today is that he has sent through christ a commitment he's saying i'm willing to raise you i be i'm actually willing to raise you but can you stretch out your hands to this commitment and look at what scripture says to us. So I was talking about Sarah. Sarah said to Abraham, get rid of your son. But like, Abra like the young rich ruler, Abraham too suffered a pain. He suffered a pain because now what is going to make him enter the place where he's one with God so that all things can respond and act on behalf of him. Are you guys listening to me? So that now all things can work for you. It comes from union with Christ. If everything is going to work out for you, it's going to hurt you what God is asking for. So Abraham was hurt because for 13 years, the lifelong wait for a son is what he has to get rid of. And now he has to get rid of Ishmael. And the Bible says he was hurt. But God said, listen to your wife, what she's saying is right my promises with Isaac he said it's you remember that Abraham also said what earlier in the case of um, um, the what's her name again what's her name everyone's forgotten her name um, Sarah's uh, mistress the slave ha um, Hagar <laughs> You didn't hear it. They couldn't hear it anyway. Hagar. 
What happened? You remember when she felt that she was being away? She was um, despising Sarah. She wanted her to go away and all of these things. The Bible and she came to Abraham, blaming Abraham. And what did Abraham say? Abraham said, the slave is in your hands. See, Odi, I want you to know that whatever's stopping us is in our hands. Can we let go of it? Rachel was not able to let go of that idol. And she died even though she was married and was the chosen of God. Listen to this. Even though she was the desire of the cord, she could not become the cord. Jacob was the cord, but his desire was Rachel, not Leah. But the problem is that, yes, if she could just let go of the idol, then she would be one with that core. But there was a certain terrain that they were about to enter, a certain territory they were about to enter. And look, God actually said that, look, flesh cannot enter here. Idols cannot enter here. So what did God do? Because she was not able to let go of what was in her hands, the idol, she died. She gave birth to what God can use for another generation, but she herself could not enter. So God actually says it's in our hands. Make that tree good or make it bad. If you make it good, your fruits will be good. If you make it bad, then your fruits will be bad. Carry on. How do we make it good or bad? Carry on reading. You brood of vipers, yeah. how, can you, how can you who are evil say anything is good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. For the mouth speaks. I want you to hear this now. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. You know, scripture actually says, set your mind on things above. The issue is now, if you can make, and look, you, if you can make your heart, because what the heart is meant to be is a storage place if you can make your heart full of what is good God's word then you will be made good then whatever you give off will be good do you understand that the moment but the problem is our heart so we didn't know our heart is a storage place so you see you know when we hear things that people harbor grudges they harbor, uh, they have offenses against, they don't actually realize that their heart is a storage place. God says, if you can make this place, that home, filled with something, then your life will give off that thing. It says, out of the abundance of the heart, a, mouth, uh, a man speaks, the mouth speaks. So someone's heart is not filled with the word, it's filled with worry. The tree and the fruit will be bad. In other words, the person is not what God is looking for. What I do is take God's word, fill my heart with it. That's how Christ comes to live with me. Carry on reading, we'll get there. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. A good man. The man that God is looking for. Remember, this is Christ talking. He said that, do you recognize me as God? When someone says good master to him, he says, wait, do you recognize me as God? Because only God is good. So in, whenever Christ starts to speak about a man being good, he's not talking about a morally good behaved person. A good man is someone that is, their heart is filled with God. So now you understand why God loved David. Because his heart was pursuing and chasing. 
his heart he was a man after god's heart he was storing himself so i get why he can create a, such a huge book because his constant meditation on a matter his constant meditation on god was filling his heart with that which is good which is god now are you understanding me are you following me he was filling his heart with that which is good what was proper and this was why god can make him fruitful to the glory of God. Carry on reading, go on. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. So you can't bring good things unless your heart is filled with it. Unless your heart is filled with it. Guys, tonight, as we enter service, your heart must be, Lord, fill me. Fill me totally. Let it be beyond the song to you. Let it be your real confession. You know, when it becomes your real confession, you really listen to the words. And it's your prayer. You don't care who's sitting next to you because your tomorrow is going to be defined by what you do today. If I can say, no longer do I want to live a life trying to be good to people but not good to God. If you can feel me, then God can bring good things. A good man will bring forth out of what is in the abundance of his heart. Carry on reading, we're still going there. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. Yeah. But I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. John 15. Make the tree good. One day a man who had, had no sight asked God to heal him. And when he asked God to heal him, what did he say? God, Christ started to heal him and the first sight, the proper sight, he saw men as trees. But, uh, do you know what he said there, what he was trying to say? When he said, I saw men as trees, he was recognizing that men are meant to be tend, tended to. A tree that's left untended will grow wild. Branches will grow further. It won't be pretty. It won't be a pleasant sight to look at. Men are like what? Trees. Why I think that's very interesting is because he was blind from the beginning of his life. So how did he know how men looked? But his first sight would be men like trees. You understand me. John 15, read verse 1. I am the true vine. I am the true vine. I am the tree. I am the vine. But guess what? What is my father? My father is the gardener. But he's the gardener. So when God was going to begin with man, he started in a garden. Now, what is he saying to us? Look at what the rest of the scripture says to us. Go on. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. He cuts off every branch in me that does not bear fruit. Or that bears fruit, sorry. Read it again, sorry. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. That bears no fruit, yeah? While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, mm. so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken You're to you. You're already clean. In other words, you know, people clean themselves in preparation. Most people don't come, I hope you don't do it, but most people don't enter their day without first cleaning. Cleaning is a, is a rite. It's an exercise, almost like a ritual of preparation. 
So God wants to prepare men for something and his word is what's applied to you and I to clean us, prepare us. Carry on reading. Remain in me as I also remain in you. He says remain in me as I also remain in you. Carry on, we're going to get there. No branch can bear fruit by itself. Mm. It must remain in the vine. Yeah. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Yeah. I am the vine. You are the branches. Yeah. If you remain in me. If you remain in me and. I in you. I in you. Yeah. You will bear much fruit. You will bear much fruit. Carry on. Apart from me, you Ap- can. Do- I'm having to say this so you can hear it. Apart from me. Apart. Meaning even separated to me. You cannot. You cannot do anything. The moment that you start to approach life and it's not in the way of Christ, you can do nothing. That's why there's been many business ideas. Many, you know, have, have you seen it? That we've come and said, oh yeah, love, sir, we've got this. Oh, that, this is going to bring this much money. And then you realize, months later, nothing. You don't see anything. Because what God is looking for are men who can listen. You'll get to that. You'll get to that. Go on. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Yeah. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Yeah. Such branches are picked up, thrown in the fire and burnt. Yeah. If you remain in me. If you remain in me. Now he explains it, I hope. And my words remain in you. How does he remain in us? If you can keep that storage of word. If you can keep your heart a storage place of his word then you'll bear fruit so a man lives out of the abundance of what is in his heart and look so i can be feeding myself with many other things but what i may not know at the time when i'm listening to all types of songs i look at some of our sisters some of my close sisters yeah and i'm thinking you know the songs you listen to i hear you but do you not know that it has a direct effect on your life Let's stop doing this political thing. It has an effect on your life because you're, you see your heart. You don't understand it's a storage place. So you're filling your heart with the identity of a man that God does not, is not pleased with. You know, you know, we still live in certain men by their words. It's their words that make a man live in you. So, for example... The words I speak to you are spirit and life, right? The more I listen and meditate on the words of PT, the more the image of PT is seen through me. Because it's out of the abundance of what is in my storage place that I live and produce. So Christ actually says, if you can remain in me and if you can keep my words in you. So everything wants to remove those words. No, not only bad things. The moment that your heart starts wishing more and more, you you realize, and these are things you may not be able to speak of, but you know it. Your heart is given to something a lot. It's trying to empty your heart of what is in there. If it's word that's been there, your desire for a car is what is empty in your heart. And the problem is you can only live according to what your heart is in the abundance of. So you will notice A person struggling in sin, even if they've stopped for a long while, what's the first way to get your heart filled with it again? Sight. The lust of the eye. The lust of the flesh. 
the pride of life. So you will start seeing that a lot until your heart is filled with it. Then out of nowhere, you will give forth the act. Because that storage place, the place where no one else can see, is constantly, there's, look, look, you see the heart, the world is fighting over our hearts. It's constantly at war. Things are trying to enter your heart, but it's you that must do the work to keep your heart filled with the word. So if the words can stay in you, then what? Read, so remain in me. If you remain in me yeah. and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Because of time, I won't even take this to Psalm 2. The glory of the sun. The glory of the one that, the, if the sun is what fills my heart, the words of the sun, then the glory of the sun will be seen in my life. The world will be for my inheritance, the nations. But I want to end actually weirdly with Songs of Solomon. This is what I want to end with. Because there's a great commitment. This is why God is stretching these words. It's an outstretched hand for Ayokunami to become the Christ she's look, that God is looking for. Read chapter 2. You're going to read quickly throughout the scripture. Go on. I am a rose of Sharon, yeah. a lily of the valleys. Who is speaking? You're going to help me with the NIV. You would see it says he, then it says she. So you're going to have to do it like that. So that this is my last scripture, then I'll leave you for your day. Go on. She, I am a rose of Sharon, a mm. lily of the valleys. He, like a lily among thorns, is my darling among the young women. When I'm done, Beryl, this is the song you're going to sing, yeah? So carry on. She, like an apple tree among the trees of the forest, is my beloved among the young men. Yeah. I delight to sit in, in his shade, and his fruit is sweet to my taste. Let him lead me to the banquet hall, and let his banner over me be love. Strengthen me with raisins, refresh me with apples, for I am faint with love. His left arm is under my head, mm. and his right arm embraces me. Daughters of Jerusalem, I charge you by the gazelles and by the does of the field. Do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. Yeah. Listen, my beloved, look, here he comes, leaping across the mountains, bounding over the hills. Mm. My beloved is like a gazelle or a Anyone that's of the spirit can see. Now I'm taking you into the realm of the spirit. Anyone that's of the spirit can see that there's a commitment. The one that we are to be committed to is leaping. You know when we're saying to you that there's a season that's about to change? You know we always say this, but pay attention to the seasons and see if things don't change. Always it changes. The sun is leaping towards us, ready to make his commitment because again it's because of time i can't take you there but if it was to go to chapter five what was he leaping for there's a marriage that he's about to have with this woman no there's the total union there's a total union that's about to happen whereby what belongs to the man the woman will have every rights to as well there's a union that god wants to bring us to so the man of the spirit sees that the Lord is doing something. 
He's getting ready to commit himself to this generation in a new way. But what do we have to do? Position ourselves. Carry on reading. Uh, are you still on with me? I'll end with this. Go on. My beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. Yeah. Look, there he stands behind our wall, gazing through the windows, peering through the lattice. Yeah. My beloved spoke and said to me, Arise, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. See, the winter is past, the yeah. rains are, are over and gone. Yeah. Flowers appear on the earth, and the season of singing has come. Mm. The cooing of doves is heard in our land. Yeah. The fig tree forms its early fruit. Yeah. The blossoming vines spread their fragrance. Did you hear that? The blossoming. What translation are you reading? The blossoming vine. Or whatever it said. They are starting. Uh, no, no, let me say it like this. What was is starting to bloom. Read it in the New King James. Maybe it's the New King James I'm looking for. Is the, are you sure it's the NIV you was reading? Read it again. Go on. The fig trees form its early fruit. Yeah. The blossoming vines spread their fragrance. Yeah. Arise, come, my darling, my beautiful one, come mm. with me. He, my dove in the clefts of the rock. This is what God is saying. So he's saying, look, he's saying, come with me. The next level of your life requires commitment. And what's going to stop the commitment? Flesh. Are you listening to what I'm saying? What's going to stop the next level that God wants to have for you, to have for you, to have for me, is going to require commitment. There's some things that a man can give to a wife that he can't give to a friend. Why? Because the wife is actually the one flesh with him, this total union. So now he says, look, he goes on, read the verse that you're on. My dove in the clefts of the rock. Listen to this, yeah? In the hiding places on the mountainside. Yeah. Show me your face. Let me hear your voice. Listen to this. I want you to hear me with this. My dove. He's referring to the woman. But we also know that a, a dove is symbolic for the spirit. So what is God saying to us? There's a commitment that the son wants to make with the church inspired by the spirit not just the church uh, you see the church that we see today is void of the spirit there's no knowledge there's no understanding so what's the issue god cannot commit with them why because now if there's going to be a commitment the father or the son let me say the son christ wants to make a commitment with me wants to make a commitment with you but he wants to make a commitment with me that is inspired by the Spirit. Do you understand this? Read that verse once more. My dove in the clefts of the rock. In he the was speaking to the woman, but is speaking to the spirit of that woman. You know when we're talking about man and woman, you understand we're talking about Christ and the church being his bride, right? You understand that? Carry on reading, go on. In the hiding places on the mountainside, Show yeah. me your face. Let me hear your voice. Show me your face. Let me hear your voice. Oh, I love this going. For your voice is sweet mm. and your face is lovely. Yeah. Catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyard. Do you know why he spoke to the spirit inspired, the, the church that's inspired by the spirit? He says, in other words, he's saying, 
It's the Holy Spirit. It's the man inspired by the Holy Spirit that can now destroy or catch, sorry, that can now go and catch the things that will try to interrupt this blooming relationship. This is where I want to end today. And I said I'll end weirdly with this scripture. There's a commitment that heaven wants to make with us. There's everything already belongs to Christ. And he wants to commit himself. If we receive him, then we receive everything else. So it cannot be that I'm trying to receive him because I want everything else. It must be genuine that I'm looking for him. With him comes everything. Do you understand that? Now the Bible actually says, the point that we have to hear from this is that God or the son, the son, God the son, is now saying to the spirit, because remember we read a scripture that says, make the tree good. We also read a scripture that told us that the vine dresser, the gardener, is God Almighty. His words. We have not known him, we have not known him by form. We know him by his words. Do you understand that? We know him by his ways, which is always a man. It's always a man. But I can't go into all of that. But the point I want you to hear is that he says to the dove, catch for us. Catch for this union. Uh, I don't even know how to explain this properly. Catch for this union to enter its next level. There's a brewing relationship. There's a blooming relationship. There's a relationship. So the romance between the couple is growing. But we need you to catch for us the little foxes that destroys the vine. Catch for us the things, the little things that would destroy this relationship from becoming a full-on commitment. I think we've dwelt in the level of, of relationship for long. But now there's a total commitment. Again, with time, you go and read um, um, chapter 5. The reason for this was because everything was heading towards their marriage. I think God wants to commit to us in a new and deeper way. But what he's looking for is why we need to be people that remain in him, remain in his words, remain in the spirit. It's because he's going to look at you and you're going to get to a place whereby you're going to pay attention to the little things that destroys big things. Have you seen it that sometimes the way PT was talking yesterday, I realized it can be a little thing as to why God won't give you your next investment. Men are not destroyed by big things. The first time that DMX started taking cocaine, it seemed little. But it's that little that went unaddressed that later became what destroyed the vine. You know that attitude you have where it's all about you, it's little, but it's the fox that destroys the vine. Check in scripture, every reference to a fox, even Christ called Herod a fox, yeah? Every reference of a fox is implying that that thing is destructive. So Lord, tonight, deal with me in a way that your spirit will begin to reveal to me the little things that is destroying this relationship becoming a commitment. Many a times we're almost there, then the desire to be important comes and it destroys the total commitment. And the commitment is not on God's side, it's us that will refuse him. 
Did you see when scripture says that in the day when men were going, they were still giving up themselves to marriage. In other words, there were little things in the eyes of God, but they were giving themselves over to it. I would have taken into scripture that when God wants to destroy a man, he, he, or when God wants to heal a man actually, sometimes he gives you over to your flesh for a time so that it can be done away with. He, you know when it says he gives you over to Satan, he, he gives you over to a thing so that you can be done away with totally. Then he revives you. I would have taken you to Isaiah with that. But I'll stop here. I've used the last maybe two hours or so. I'm hoping as I've reached there. But I've used that to say that. What am I trying to get to you? Listen. The spirit of the Lord will begin to work with a barrel. And help you catch for your union with the Father, because there's a level of commitment, he will help you catch the little things that's destroying that potential commitment. COD, we are responsible, and I've been saying this, we are responsible for the church of tomorrow. But not only the church, the nation that we see tomorrow, we're responsible for. The policies that will govern tomorrow, we're responsible of. Everything is in our hands. And I want you to be sensitive to this, that I, and you must say this for yourself, I will not put myself before what God has already predestined to do. And I've realized that takes great sensitivity, the ability to listen. Listen to the words that the Holy Spirit is saying to us this, this morning or this afternoon. And I want you to apply it, learn to listen. If you don't listen, listen to me guys, it will be your inability to listen that will make you rebellious without you knowing that you're being rebellious. And that rebellion is what will destroy you. Do you understand these things? Let's end with a bit of worship. I want you throughout the day, and I felt that I shouldn't do a conversations with Pio or whatever, because I wanted us to give attention to these words. We've just had two days and today is going to be the finale then Sunday God is going to begin to send out missionaries you must determine to yourself that you're going to be one of them how do I know that you can determine to yourself scripture says that God got to a place and he said whom shall I send and Isaiah volunteered himself who's going to volunteer themselves this morning or this afternoon I don't want to live a life governed by my own affairs, dreams and agendas. I want to know what the covenant is.